And now, Jalen and Jacoby on ESPN Radio. Where the fuck is Worry about my posse getting jumped. Cause if we ever do, yo TV, pop the trunk. Cause we make a pop the trunk and hit the sweet. Now act stupid, I'll pop the trunk. <laughs> give me your We're back. Tuesday after a big night in the NBA. Stayed up for the late game. You know I don't like to do that. In for Jalen Rose, we have the return of Richard Jefferson. It's good to be here. Thank it you so much. Here. We like to do podcast-exclusive content. Of course, the television show, we'll talk about the Sixers. Big win in Toronto. Denver establishing a lead in the Western Conference semifinals. But here's what I want to talk to you about, RJ. Let's go. People might not know this because they don't live in the tri-state area. Yeah. But you spend a lot of time with the Brooklyn Nets. Yes, I do. A lot of time on the Yes Network with my guy, Ryan Rucco. Yes, I do. They've got some decisions to make. Tell me more. I would is it, is not it, is sign it, is it, D'Angelo Russell. Oh, I thought this was about my impending free agency. Oh, okay. We're no, talking about, not talking no, about that. Talking, okay. no, no, no. You've got decisions to make, but you've got so many suitors and bidders. Your agent's going to be busy. Yeah, but so does D'Angelo Russell. But see, again, so does D'Angelo Russell. Really, though? No, he does. And let me say why. Because of the progression that he's made. What is hey, he, 23? He had a leap year. He had a leap year. Yeah, but 23. And, and look, look I... I, I, one of the things I said that I wasn't going to do when I got on this side is like talk about myself, but I can give an example of myself. My first year, I averaged nine points. My next year, I averaged 15. My next year, I averaged 18. My next year, I averaged 22. Like these are jumps that players make. You make jumps in maturity. Is that New Jersey? Yeah. Okay. But it's like, think about it. Like how mature were you at 19 versus 22? You were still immature, but I'm you were far I'm more mature. I'm embarrassed of the person I was until I was like 32. Yeah. Honestly, in knowing you now, I'm embarrassed to the person you were like a week ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like when I saw with the black eye, all that stuff. Yeah. Like I was just. <laughs> I forgot about the black eye. Yeah. I did. A lot of makeup. A I lot did. of makeup. So I just think that if you see a guy that's making that type of progression, I think he's a person that you can invest in because he also improved as a leader and You're as a that general manager. Do you sign him to a max? It would be like, well, I think it's something. I don't have the math in front of me. It's like four years, 140 years. I, I think what you do. Gosh, that's amazing. That's amazing. I don't have it in front of me. It's not that. So don't tweet me. No, 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 no. I, I, tweet him, please. No, I, I really think you do. You know, I think you let the market decide. I think you let the market decide. And I think for Brooklyn, you can easily take, you know, one step forward. I think you bring him back. But if you don't get any free agents, I, I, I love this time of year because every team wants cap. Remember when like LeBron, yeah. there was nine teams with cap space for Bron. Only mm-hmm. one team's getting him. That means the rest of them were going to be right back in the lottery searching for something. And so I think Brooklyn is making all the steps in the right direction. And I think if they believe in them, they need more help. But I think that gives you a competitive product to put out on the floor. Do you think he will be wearing a Brooklyn Nets uniform next year? Yes, I think he will. Really? I think he will from the standpoint of this. The only thing that I would say if he wasn't is if they found somebody else. Like if Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris both sure. came to Kimba Brooklyn. Walker. Yeah, but no, yeah. I think if two of those yeah, guys yeah, yeah. decided to come, then two? you let... Oh, you well, can't. Saying, yeah, no, yeah, I'm they saying, don't have it, space for D'Angelo and two more. Exactly. But I'm saying if like if, if they were talking to agents and Tobias Harris was interested and Jimmy Butler both wanted to come and they wanted to be those two guys with Dimwitty, with Karis LeVert, and those guys were going to be the number one and two options, I think, okay, then we can let D'Angelo go. But if sure. you're sitting here and it's like, we're going to let D'Angelo go. Maybe and then Chris Middleton. Yeah, yeah, and we yeah, don't yeah. get and we don't get any free agent. Like, even Chris Middleton, to me, who I like, 
isn't going to have the same impact on the ball and be like that. I, I think you'd be killing yourself. It's also something like the Nets aren't broken. No. You know, they had a pretty good series against the Sixers, who could be in the Eastern Conference Finals, might yeah. not be. Obviously, we're going to get to them later. They're not broken, so there's a part of you, if, if you're Sean Marks, he's the GM, right? Yeah. It's like, maybe we just keep doing this. Maybe we just draft well, and we develop players well, and... We'll have cap in the future, and we maybe bring no, in like a I, mid-level I, I, guy. No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't like the cap thing. I, I, I think you want to keep yourself flexible, right? You want to keep yourself with options, but constantly saying we're going to have cap space. Like, how many teams get free agents? Like, how many years have the Knicks had cap space? It's a good. Point. How many years prior to LeBron James wanting to go to the Lakers and wanting to go to LA? How many years did the Lakers have cap space? Right, like that—that—that's—that's that's not the way to build a team. The way to build a team is through a draft, through development of players, and keep yourself flexible if someone is interested, or mm-hmm. if there is someone that you believe you have a chance at. Well, I also think that um, people just focus on the max contract players. We look at someone like Lopez in Milwaukee; it's like huge impact, huge difference. But not he didn't get a hundred and sixty million dollar deal. You know what I mean? You can you can you can bring impactful players to your roster without them being the huge name all stars. And it's tough because I think the the stars have all teamed up because their only goal was winning a championship, right? Mm-hmm. So like Kevin Durant or Chris Paul going to Houston, like you know these guys have teamed up because they want to win a championship. And so you feel like the rest of the NBA is like championship or bust. That's not true. That's not true. Like you can give a great Great product. The Spurs have been to the playoffs twenty what two, two years twenty two years in a row, and they've won five championships in those twenty two years. Like, is that really like? That's what I'm saying. Like, you can be successful. Like, the Spurs lost in the first round. It's one of those years, but they were still a successful product that they put out to their fans every year. We always say the happiness is a function of expectations. Yes. The Brooklyn Nets had a great year. Great year. Did they win the championship? No. no. Were they in contention at any point? No. 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 But the Clippers. Had a great year. Great year. They shed the Blake contract, shed Tobias Ooh, Harris. They had a great and they year. Had a great year, and they've got some pieces were a moving forward. A lot of fun. And if you're a Clippers fan, you're happy. So I think that there are probably, you know, five teams. They're like, hey, we, we're making a championship run. Yeah. Six teams, maybe four in the East, two in the West. Yeah. But that doesn't mean if, if the Nuggets get to the Western Conference Finals great and lose year. in five to the, to the Warriors. Great year. Great year. You great know what year. I mean? So I think really it's just a matter of expectations. Yeah, and, and there's only there's like five teams that if they don't win a championship, it was a failure. Yes. And there's six teams. You got the Rockets, the Warriors, and the four in the Eastern Conference. You know what? The Bucks, the Bucks make the finals. They'll be happy. They made a great year. I, I, yeah. I think I think Raptors Philly, make the finals. They're happy. I, I think, you know, you look at Philly, right? You look at Philly, and I think they have so much riding on this year because if they lose Jimmy Butler, if they lose Tobias Harris, they have to get another wing player in yes. there. right? All of a sudden, to me, that team could very quickly become, you know, no, no disrespect to Philly, but that they can really easily become the sixth seed. Right, because Joel Embiid is not going to it play. Can go 80, worse than that. Yeah, he's not yeah. going to play 82 games. You take Joel Embiid out. Yeah, Ben can play a little bit faster up and down, but ultimately, like he needs talent around him. He, he's very similar to a LeBron James, where he needs the more talent around him, the yes. better he is. Same with Giannis. Giannis is the same way. With all of those shooters around yeah. there, it raises Giannis's game. So, you know, if they lose a couple of guys, they could be looking at a very dismal next couple at of years. At the same time. I'm Elton Brand. I'm like, do I really want to sign 
Jimmy and Tobias Harris to the contracts that the market will dictate for them. Maybe not, especially, you know, depends on how this goes. They lose the next three games to, to the, to the Raptors and I'm Elton Brand. I'm like, I don't know if I want to quadruple down on this and this be my roster for the next three years. No, I'm with you. I really think that it's more about one of them. You need to keep Jimmy Butler, in my opinion. Yes. I don't know how well their chemistry is. And I know there's all that talk, but, but if those guys get along even a little bit, like they might, they don't have to hang out and go to dinners and go to like birthday parties. But if they hang, <laughs> if they're cool, then I think you bring him back because I think he's a perfect complement. It's like you got a facilitator in Ben that's going to get everybody the ball. You got a low post presence in in uh, Joel and B, who's going to miss you know on average 10, 12 games. games yeah. 12, you know what I'm saying? I was being generous when I said ten, twelve. Then you got Jimmy Butler, a guy that is just always there, trying his hardest and playing his hardest. Who who is super talented, but I think. At this point in time, we can say like he's kind of in that overachieving because of his work ethic and his competitiveness. Mm-hmm. I think that's really fair to say. Yep. Time to get the people table. Whether you're working at a huge corporation or you're just starting your very own small business, the most impactful decision you will ever make for that business, the people that you hire, the people that you surround yourself with. No one does anything alone. You need to have the right team around you. And if you need a job, go to ZipRecruiter.com. If you need the right candidate, go to ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. It's targeted. It makes sure that you get the best candidates for your job. And as the applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first 24 hours. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash J&J. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash J-A-N-D-J. ZipRecruiter.com slash J&J. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Nikola Jokic dominated. 37 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, and 2 blocks. It seemed like he had an answer for everything they threw at him. You double, he passes. You know, you sag, he shoots. You you, you blitz him, he, he finds the right pass. What do you think of Jokic last night? He's the best big man in the NBA, right? Mm. Like he is. He is. He is the best what? big man. Like that, everything around their team has been built around him. Now he's got great players around him. Look, yes. Jamal Murray, Paul Millsap, stud, right? Gary Harris, stud. They got a lot of talent yeah. around, but it's all predicated on him. When he's aggressive, 37, 34, like when he's having triple doubles, that's when the Denver Nuggets are at their best. Show me another big man that has played as many games and has the numbers and are on as good of a team as he is. Show me one. I mean, there are there are numbers that are unbelievable. He unbelievable. leads the postseason in touches, and he has like four turnovers. It's yeah. insane. He had yeah. a turnover last night. They're like, that's his first turnover in like five quarters. Yeah. And he touches the ball so often. And his passes, they, like, he's not just like, oh, he's a good passer, like a yeah. Marc Gasol. Like, he makes amazing thread-the-needle passes. Uh, so, you know, being there last year and watching a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> not necessarily playing, watching <laughs> yeah, a lot, look at it's uh, he's special. He is special. It's like so many times we look at players and we're just like physical. Physically, we, we like to marvel at how special they are. Yes. Well, that's not him. No. Like, 
The only thing that's special about him physically is his size and what he's able to do. But his passing, he's by far the best passing big man. He's probably one of the five best passers in the entire NBA, and that's not an exaggeration. No. Find someone exactly. That's why he touches the ball so much. So, yeah. so quick, two quick questions about Jokic. Okay. He doesn't seem like an extrovert. He doesn't seem like He's a sort not. of locker room leader type of person. He sits with the coaches on the bus. What do you mean? So there's a there's a there's a higher. So you have training staff in the first couple of seats. Okay. Then you have the coaches. And then you come back and you might have like the video staff, the, the trainers, and then you have the players in the back of the bus. He sits in like the the third row Why? with the coaches. I don't Why? know. I don't know if things have changed, but that's kind of where he sat. That's it was just where you. No, it was it wasn't me because because I questioned it. I was like, yo, I've never in all my years seen a player sit up there, but he sits next to one of the coaches and you know he talks and it's sure. just to me. It's not an it's it's not an issue. Like that thing is not an issue. But for me, I felt like it was just a little weird because like players like us, this is us back here. Like yeah, this there's is, a little bit of this, division this is, between the people that play in the game yes. and the people that don't. And it's like yo, like you're our best player by far. Like you can come back here. This is how we get to know you. This is how you get to know us. This mm-hmm. is our connection. And he's still he's a great teammate. There's nothing bad. Like sure. he's funny in the locker. His nickname is Joker because that's who he is. Sure. But that was a weird thing for me, seeing him like sit on the front of the bus and not be back there cracking jokes. And very quickly, one thing I've noticed about him from watching the games is like, a, sometimes he has bad body language. You know, like sometimes he's just slow, shoulder slumpy or missing calls or just sometimes he just kind of goes negative. Yeah, he go. Well, I wouldn't say negative. He just goes like European emotional. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just like you know, and every and everybody does it, but he is. His one issue is when he lacks aggressiveness, right? Mm-hmm. Give me 30 every night. And he's a guy that he can have a triple-double and it looks like – and it's like, no, but you only took nine shots. Like, dude, we need you to be yeah. nine for 23. That Like, go crush. Go shoot threes because the more pressure – because it's hard for big men to guard him up top – and it allows – and the more they come out, the more he's able to drive and create for other people. He just does so many things. But I think the Denver Nuggets go up another level when he's super aggressive. Well, it's good to hear you as his former teammate praise him. But let's listen to his current teammate, Paul Millsap, react to last night's game. Uh-oh. He makes the right play every time. You know, that, that's that's what's, what's great about him is um, he doesn't force anything. You know, everything is, is going to be the right play. He's going to make the right reads. Um, it's like a quarterback out there. I consider him like a, a Tom Brady. You know, he's going to always pick you apart and make the right reads. So. Tom Brady. Well, there's one play that I was watching last night that I just found just outstanding. And they double him in the post. We'll see it right here. They double him in the post, and then he makes this pass out of the post. It's like just whips it across the court for a three. It was, it's just incredible how he can do this, especially with the pressure that's around him. What do you think about him being the Tom Brady? Well, no. Well, when he you look at how efficient he's been, you know, and not turning the ball over, and the entire offense kind of running through him at times, mm-hmm. you know, it allows a guy like Jamal Murray, who you know plays kind of like a Steph Curry role. Like you're never going to marvel at, at at his assist numbers, Jamal Murray, right? He's a scorer, he's a shooter, 
he can, he's doing a very good job of getting them in the their offense, getting it to to Nikola, and then everyone kind of plays their offense around him. But he is that type of player. He is that type of player that he can make the bounce pass. He can go high low. They can run pick and rolls for him. Mm-hmm. So they'll run a one five pick and roll. I've seen them run a five five pick and roll with him and Plumley, right? Like they, a four five with him and and Paul Millsap. The versatility that is there, and he's able to use and really expose defenses. It's unlike anything that we've seen, and that's what's cool. It's like we've never seen a player like Nikola Jokic. We've never. We've never seen a guy that big that can shoot threes. That's a post player that's not athletic that can handle average triple doubles. Like, yeah, yeah they're, they're, we've never seen a guy that can do that. And he's still young and growing. Now you mentioned Plumlee, who had some nice contributions last night, a couple nice rebounds and such effort plays. And we also had Gary Harris, who provided the highlight of the night. This oh. play, like. What is that, Richard Jefferson? That is English, and that is ability. Gary Harris, look at that. Look at the hang time. And that's English. So when you see it at his hand, at the last moment, he flicks it with his wrist, right? Like, just kind of spins it with his hand so that when that thing touches the glass, because he knows he's going to be far away, it kind of rolls back in. Gary Harris is talented. When he's healthy and aggressive, he had some injury problems this year. Yeah, and he's always kind of had, you know, missing that, that 10, 15 games. Like yeah. that, that's kind of, you know, been his MO. But when I tell you this, that their locker room and the quality of people, Malik Beasley, Trey Lyles, who hasn't played much. Beasley was great. Yeah, like when you see, uh, Monte Moore, when you see all of these guys, Will Barton, they have a great, Locker room. Well, we really haven't we haven't mentioned the Blazers yet. And, we're getting you know, there. so excited about Dame. So excited about their series against the Thunder. They, you know, Cantor's hobbled. They're gonna have some trouble with Jokic. What adjustments do you expect them to make? I, I don't think there's really too many adjustments. I think they, they played a they good game. Minu, they put a Minu on Jokic at the end there. Seemed to do something. This is my thing, and this is the problem with them missing Yusuf uh, Nurkic. Mm-hmm. Is that he was an enforcer. Right, like he was a problem. He was a matchup problem. He was physically imposing. Yes, he could score on the block. He could roll. Offensive he could shoot. Rebounds. He could create. They could play around him, and that's why it was so like sad for them when that injury. Because you see them got through Oklahoma City without him. Yeah, but I think as this postseason progresses, like you're going to start to see how much they truly, truly miss him. But you know that's where it is. You're you're not going to be able to have Harkless and Aminu guard Paul Millsap. Like they're not like Paul Millsap. People forget is a is a five time All Star. Like yeah, he's not putting up thirty balls, but he's going to be down there bullying guys. Yes. And if you don't have somebody that can physically guard him consistently, and and you know Portland's going to play that they put small ball to succeed. Yeah, and you have Nikola that's just doing the exact same thing. Who's a great offensive rebounder, and he's great with touch and pass. That's where you start to see who, like what Portland is missing, and I think that that's where they're going to struggle the most is finding guys to guard both of them because they yeah. both play in the game and it's like dude like you know he like i i love aminu and how aggressive he's going to be but he's going to he, he like paul Millsap outweighs him by 30 pounds yeah right yoga outweighs him by 200 pounds. exactly yeah. so <laughs> so that's not that's not a knock on them and they can compete but ultimately over a 48 minute game those two guys should out like outlast and and just kind of out bully you know the portland trailblazers mr jefferson it's time for Soft Mover Boston. Oh, it's my favorite segment. Let's get it. Proposing marriage is just such a moment in your life. And you the preparation you have for it, the planning, you know, you plan the moment, the celebration you plan afterwards, you're nervous. And um, let's just take a look at 
this gentleman's proposal. He has the Cactus Jack Jordan 4s, and instead of bending the toe box when he gets down on one knee, he takes the Jordan 4 off for the proposal. Soft move or boss move? It is a boss move. You know why? That's an investment right there. Which costs more? The Cactus Jacks or the ring? On the ring. That's an investment right there. And you know what? This is what I want to say. There are certain things that get grandfathered in, right? Men, women, everyone out there listening. Things in relationships need to get grandfathered in. If you show this, you are letting her know how important your shoe game is. And she knows probably if she's about to say yes to marry you. So, like, I'm letting her know. And it's like, yo, if I'm like, hey, babe, I want to purchase these shoes. Well, this is like, hey, look, like every day I take a nap. Right. When I played, I take a nap. Sure, right. Sure. I'm retired and I'll go work out in the morning and then I take a this nap at two. This is part of my routine. It's part of my routine. And yeah. it's like, look, take me as I am or leave me I'm where you find me. Like, so that's where it is. I have a couple questions. Tell me more. Did, how did, when he started, that was the first thing he did get down on one knee and then take him off. Did he take one shoe off? And she's getting curious, like, what are you doing when I take his shoes off? And also, when did he put him back on? Cause she says yes. You stand up and you hug and kiss. Did you think he, like, put them on while he stood up or did the hug and kiss with one shoe on and then put it on after? These are all questions that don't matter. The only thing that matters is that he did not crease his cactus jack. That's, that's, that's all, really that, all that's that matters. All to that him. matters. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. That's all that matters to me. Shout out to that right? guy. Like, shout, shout out to that, that couple. Guy. That's I, a I, boss I hope move. they have a long marriage. Yeah, they Life will. Long marriage. Have yeah. some kids. Enjoy yourselves. Yeah. Jimmy Butler has been pretty quiet in the last few playoff games for the Sixers, but not last night. Jimmy Buckets had 30 points, 11 rebounds, and 5 assists, and had some key buckets down the stretch of what became a close game at the end. What did you think about this bounce back performance from Jimmy Butler? I loved it. L O V E D. Passion, emotion. Loved it. Why? You know why? Because he got he got disrespected. Right? Kawhi Leonard was mm-hmm. 45 career high. Yep. Pascal Siakam murdering. He was like 12 for 15. Like they were destroying them. And those were their two the, the two guard and the three and the three man. Two perimeter guys literally destroyed them single-handedly and they were so efficient and there was no resistant and this is why I've always respected Jimmy Butler. Say what you will about locker room presence. Sure. Say what you will about whether or not, you know, how how I don't care about that. You know what Jimmy Butler does? He competes. And in a game one where you get embarrassed and the two perimeter guys go out there and dominate, right? You got, you know, maybe the best perimeter guy, right? Um, in Kawhi, like uh, obviously sure. you have Dame Lillard, you have, you know, Steph Curry, sure. you got KD, got but I'm he's saying in the conversation. he's in the conversation and you got P- Pascal Siakam, one of the, you know, young up and coming rising, you know, quiet stars in this league. And they just dominated him. But what did he do? He showed up with 30, 11, and 5. Mm-hmm. And they played great defense, held him a 36% from the field. That's what I need. That's that. That's playoff basketball. So, like, I know you remember game one against the Nets when Jimmy had 36 points. And it was like, ooh, this is – Jimmy playoffs is here. Yeah, yeah. And then it, there's been a little dip in production since then. And with Embiid having his stomach problems and, you know, and Ben Simmons, you know, we know who he is. And Tobias Harris hasn't really asserted himself. I feel like Jimmy was like, you know what, they – they need me tonight in this. It was kind of a must-win game. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, you know, we talk about the Denver Nuggets and Nikola Jokic, and mm-hmm. they are better when he's aggressive. Yes. I firmly believe, offensively, it is all about Jimmy Butler, and it's all about Joel Embiid. If yes. it ain't Joel Embiid getting the it ball in the post. It wasn't Joel Embiid last no, night. No, but I'm saying if it's not him getting the ball in the post, their second focus needs to be Jimmy Butler. 
right? And then I think next it's it's um, it's JJ Redick because of the the confusion that he causes on the court yep, and the yep. ability to shoot threes. Then I think after that is Tobias Harris, and that's part of the reason why they're so good. Like, tell me. How many teams that have a fourth option like Tobias Harris? Well, also, it feels like they have – it doesn't really play out this way. It feels like they have four players that could lead the team in scoring. Yes. And there's not another team in the playoffs right now where that's the case. No. Maybe you could say the Warriors, but that's three players. But it's like they have four players that could legitimately lead the team in scoring. Can that be a bad thing? Is it like, hey, we've got our guy? If you're the Raptors, you're like, we've got Kawhi Leonard. He's our guy. We know what we are. No, because then you live and die by that one guy. Now, it's okay mm-hmm. if they're great. Like yeah. KD, like Kawhi, well, sure. uh, like the, yeah, that's okay. But you, it, but think about the options. If someone's having an off night, if someone's got a flu bug, like Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. but you got Jimmy Butler's like, all right, I got it tonight. I'm gonna go thirty. Even when uh, Embiid was out, and we saw Ben Simmons in in the first round just go crazy, go and have thirty points uh, against the Nets in, in game. Uh, I want to say it was game three in Brooklyn. And yeah, in Brooklyn, it was game three. So you look at that, and you're like, no, to have those options and to have different ways that you're able to play. That's just a compliment. Brett Brown did a good job last night of sort of managing the rotations and everything. He he spoke about Jimmy Butler after the game. And let's also listen to him speak about it in Jimmy's response. This was James Butler. Like, that was the adult in the gym. My name isn't James. Literally, it's Jimmy. (laughs) My name isn't James. It literally is Jimmy. It literally is Jimmy. It makes me wonder, is Jimmy on his birth certificate? Yeah, yes. Oh, it's on his birth certificate. You know what? Good for him. Yeah. Good for yeah, him. That, that's, that, that's, get my name right. Yeah, Say what you want, name. but just yeah, get my yeah. name right. Say my name. Yeah. <laughs> Say my name. <laughs> Say my name. But no, I, I I think that that's funny. But that is true. Like, what Coach was basically trying to say is that was some grown man Yes, right because there. he has some young players. Like He's got young stars, and it was like, you know what? This is what you get from a veteran in, in a back-against-the-wall game. So I remember my, uh, you know, Eddie Jordan, former coach of the Wizards, former Laker player, one of my mm-hmm. assistant coaches. Like We'd be like two minutes into a game, and he'd be like, yo, I need a man's rebound. And then it's like, you know, like what's a man's rebound? And then in video, he'd be like, you see this ball right here? There's 30 seconds to go in this game. If we get this rebound, there's five people trying to go. The person that comes down with it, that's the man right there. That's the man. That's rebound. the man. Going that's, up and get go it. get that. I need a rebound. I need someone to go in there and get a man's rebound. And Jimmy played a man's game. He did. Right? Just aggressive. Stuff that didn't show up in the stat sheet and everything. But they, they, the Celtics, I mean, the Sixers were ahead. They were playing well. It sort of felt, especially in the first half, at the end of the first half. It was like, okay, this is going to be their bounce back game. But... The Raptors crept back in, and that crowd got into it. And at the end of the game, they had a key possession down by three. Let's watch what happens. Watch very closely to, to Kyle here. And there's like, oh, they lost the ball, but they didn't. This, all this, this scrambling leads to a wide-open Danny Green three. Danny Green, not a great night. And then they end up eventually secure the ball, get fouled, and finish out the game. But just let's watch this again. Did he? No, he did, did he? not. No. Did he? No. He no. didn't, right? He didn't, right? No, he didn't. He, he didn't, didn't try to go no. between his defender's legs in a key possession going to the basket when you're down by three. That, was, that didn't happen, That right? was purely accidental. Thank you, because that's what I felt like and, and the listen, internet. I'm looking at the internet. I'm like, wait, maybe he did? No, no. The staff of this show thinks he meant to do it. This, let's say this. What? At the end of the day, have we ever seen Kyle Lowry with that type of sexy in his game? He's got no. a lot of game, but not, not a lot not of sexy. sexy. Not yeah, a lot yeah, of sexy. Yeah, that's fair. Now, if that if he's Ky- never done it before in the basketball court, that, he wouldn't try to do it If that was then. Kyrie or Chris Paul. Or Drew League. Or, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or not, the Rucker. Not, yeah, not yeah, with yeah. a minute to go down by three a minute, in the postseason. the last possession like, of the game. No, no. Okay. I'm glad you solved that mystery for us here on Jalen and Jacoby. Well, the Philly bench, as I mentioned before, like Brett Brown tried some new things. Greg Monroe. Greg Monroe, who has played for... 
I believe all four teams left in the Eastern Conference playoffs had himself a game. Greg Monroe had trouble finishing in the Nets series, but not last night. I mean, he didn't put up huge numbers, but look at these plays. He's doing stuff. That's that's Kawhi and Marcus Gasol he's splitting to get that bucket. What do you think about his well, I, no, response? I, I, no, I, I, I think this is what the postseason is about. This is why I love the postseason, right? Like you watch guys like this. He hasn't really been a rotation guy. Didn't no. really play, but they look at the size. When you look at, you know, when you look at Marcus Saul, when you look at Pascal Siakam, yeah. when you look at Serge Ibaka, all of these guys, there's some size. So, hey, let me try and get some minutes, especially if, you know, we can, we can, you know, conserve on Joel Embiid if he's mm-hmm. not feeling well. Amir Johnson played yeah. last night. Yeah, exactly. That's what you want to do. You want, like, if you're expecting a long run, there's this fine balance between, I need my horses and I don't want to wear my horses down. Yep. Right? Like this is a seven game series. Or if we're going to go to the conference finals, if this is what we believe, Good then point. I got to find these minutes here and there to give other guys contributions. Cause you, what you don't want is you don't want to just play seven guys and win this series, go into the next series, only playing seven, then have somebody go down in game three or game two and need somebody to step up and play. Giving five, ten minutes here and there will keep players engaged, so, will keep them focused. I mean, I love it when you're on the show because you've got this really good, you know, NBA insight from your experience. But this next topic is what I want to talk about. There we go. It's time for News That Matters. Uh-oh. This tweet you're about to see is from the official Blue Checkmart Twitter account of the Indian military. Okay, so this is not an individual who is tweeting this. This is from the Indian military. From India? From India. Look at this. Those are footprints that they found in the Makalu Baron National Park. The military. Those footprints measure 32 inches long, 15 inches wide. Those are unequivocally definite proof that there are yetis in India. Okay, 32 inches by 15. That's not a human footprint. Walking on two feet, it's not a bear. Did we just prove that there are yetis in India? That is single-handedly the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Okay, Okay, so let's listen to this. So you're trying to tell me. That the Indian military, this is the military. You're trying to tell me that they're what, just doing it for, doing it for the yucks, trying to get some retweets? Okay. Tell me one other thing that the Indian military has given us that's been true. Uh, would you look, I don't like follow up questions like that. <laughs> you know, I didn't do a lot of research on this one besides looking at the pictures and, and, you know, did a little, no, little no, study. But there awesome. has, there's been Yeti sightings in this exact same park before. The, Fact. The, the, this, this is fun. It's awesome. This is news that matters. I agree with you, but apparently they've never seen Boban, right? If Boban's Boban, feet are not that big. Uh, Boban's feet are not that big. What about Carl Anthony Towns? No, 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 no. 32 inches? That's like this big. Ah, uh, look. I, I look, I don't, I don't. It's almost three feet. I don't sing unless I hear music, right? I don't, Those I don't, are yetis. I don't, I, I don't think that that is, a, I don't okay. think that that okay. is a yeti. That's just me personally. Wait, like, but the, the, I, look, look, no, that's, Loch Ness that's your Monster, opinion. No, your opinion, objective, objective science happens to disagree with you, but your opinion is that the yetis don't exist. Science? Yes, that's objective <laughs> science. There's, that is a yeti footprint. And yetis have been seen in this national park before. Who? When, by who? When, when, where? when they finally capture this yeti and we've confirmed that there's yeti existence, will you do 50 push-ups on this program? 1,000%. I will okay. wear a Duke jersey. Oh, if there is in a, there, in, there is in, a, in yeti. a yeti costume with a Duke jersey yeah, on top, hundred percent. Okay, there are no yeti. It's got to be Christian Leitner's though. Oh, 
long as it's not Jay Wills. <laughs> not everything is worth discussing in the world of sports and pop culture. So we have a segment called Keep It Moving. Okay. If you want to discuss the topic, you say hit the brakes. If not, me, you, and Method Man, keep it moving. Are you ready? I'm ready. First, Las Vegas has the Browns, with all their new offensive weapons, missing the playoffs. Keep it moving or hit the brakes. Uh, I'm going to say that football, yeah, no, I don't think the Browns, I think the, don't think the Browns are going to make the piece, uh, so we're going to keep it moving. Keep it moving. We keep it moving. We keep it moving. Next, Ezekiel Elliott has been in the news recently because of his diet. Keep it moving or hit the brakes. Oh, we're going to hit the brakes. Okay, here is video of Ezekiel Elliott, who has lately on social media been chastised for his shape. This is him eating a gigantic steak by the bone. Does that look disgusting or appetizing to you? That looks amazing. I promise you. I promise you, like, one of these days, I've never done that because whenever you get the bone in, you're always yeah. at a restaurant. Yes. But I've always looked at it and just, just wanted, wanted to pick to it and pick that. that. I've awesome. always wanted to do that. It's also, there's something about Dallas, Texas, and steaks where they're just better there. It's like Guinness in Ireland. Uh, it's just, they're, they're like, you know, cheesesteaks in Philly. It's just they're a just cultural thing. They're just they're better, just better there. there. I'm, I want to eat a big, gigantic steak like Which, that. Yeah, just like literally. Because it looks like a it looks like a, 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 a rack of lamb where you have it like it on the bone. And you're just like, except it's huge. It's amazing. Next, James Holzhauer has broken jeopardy. The man cannot lose. Keep it moving or hit the brakes. Hit the brakes. Okay. James Holzhauer. This guy has broken all kinds of records of Jeopardy. He is too good at the game. He only won his last bout by $18. Wow. He's made $1.3 million playing Jeopardy. And he used to be a professional gambler, which I think gives him a little advantage. Well, yeah, it definitely gives him an advantage. Like he's he, he's some sort of genius, so he can retain yes. this knowledge. He has a photograph photographic memory. Yes. So like you can do poker because you're always playing the numbers. Or mm-hmm. probably bet you he's probably not allowed to play blackjack in too many. They don't, uh, he's not he's not welcome in too many uh, yeah, professional yeah. betting buildings. But yeah, no, for that look, if you have a skill, if you have an ability, look, it's it, you can say it's cheating because you have a skill. But you know, I think Here's being seven feet tall in basketball is it, cheating. But it's really good for Jeopardy because it it rises is the interest in Jeopardy. It does. Just a regular Jeopardy day, like, oh, who cares? But, oh, this guy's on a streak? I'm going to tune in. Yeah. Next, I have a picture of a gigantic man who wants to fight in the octagon. Keep it moving or hit the brakes. Oh, hit the brakes. Okay. This man is called Sajad oh. Garibi. Sajad Garibi is his name. He's the Iranian Hulk. He wants to fight MMA. What is your number? How much money would you have to be paid to fight this man in the octagon. Look at this guy in a car. Look at him in a car. I, I'm going to need excessive amounts of drug testing. And <laughs> I'm ex- excessive yes, yes. amounts of drug testing. I like, I like the picture and, of him behind the desk. No, and like, yeah, just like, too, yeah, 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 no, 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 no. Those candid shots that yeah. he gets, right? Yes. Him in his sunset. No, no, look, th- I don't know that that man is like, like, he's like physically, he's emotionally intimidating. Yeah, he, like, he affects he me is. emotionally he when I look at that this man. Is, I, I, I just stared at that man's yeah, torso yeah, for like, just like five minutes no. this morning. Be like, what no, is like, that? Like, I, I can honestly say, and I don't think I have a weak jaw, but I can honestly say like one punch and what I would just be like, why, why am I here? What am I there doing There is no here? part of my body that that man could punch and I would be okay. No. No. no, no, no the thigh, no. The, the shoulder. No, nothing. and I wouldn't want him to grab and start bending something no. and me not even know how to tap out and it just snaps. Like, so Let's get to the point. Yeah. How much money would it cost? Ooh. 
hundred million. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair number. Next, Dr. <laughs> Pepper okay. has a new flavor. Keep moving or hit the brakes. Oh, keep it moving. Okay. Uh, I, fair, didn't, fair. I, didn't, I didn't drink their original. We keep it moving. <laughs> we keep it moving. We have some news about the future of Thunder coach Billy Donovan. Keep moving or hit the brakes. Hit the brakes. It's been reported that Sam Presti expects Billy Donovan to be back as the Thunder head coach. They lost in the first round of the playoffs the last two years. Do you think that a coaching change perhaps three, could happen? Three years. Ooh, oh, oh, yeah, three years. It's been gone. KD's been gone three years. They've had three first round exits. So don't you think that usually when that happens, you can't change the roster? So sometimes you change the coach. Well, I I think you look at how a coach runs an organization. Mm-hmm. I think you look at the tools that he has. Uh, I think you judge him. You judge him on how he's managing it. And but things I, he can't control, like Paul George's health. I think Paul George's health. That's not had the thing that he can't do. control. That's yeah. not the thing they can control because a part of it is like, okay, Russell Westbrook, we can see that, you know, we're starting to see a trend here. Great player, dominant player, all time. I feel a butt coming. Yes. And so <laughs> the butt is more of like, not that he's the issue, but it's like, if we bring in another coach, is this guy going, the new coach going to be able to get Russell Westbrook to do something different yeah. than he's been doing for Most the last five not. years? Most likely not. So why change our coach if we feel like we have a good one and we can stick with him? We're in New York City. I'll okay. spend some time here. I spend all my time here. Yeah. There's a new trend. Tell me in, what it is. In nightlife in New York City. Ooh. Sober bars are a new trend in New York City. Keep it moving or hit the brakes. I have to hit the brakes. I have to hit the brakes. I'm so sorry. There has been a number of new establishments that are billing themselves as sober bars where all of the cocktails are mocktails. So people go there and they just hang out. Will you be going to a sober bar anytime soon? I would never be caught dead. In a sober bar. I mean, nothing against sobriety. No. Why would you never go to one? Because I'm not like a, a nice I'm juice. No, cocktail? look, I'm not a quitter, right? And so, like, that's my entire thing. No, look, look, I, I understand that there are certain people with issues, and I, and I, I'm all, of for, course, I, yes. like I'm not here. But it's it's look, if it if it walks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. So. I don't think you need to be giving people that are might be dealing with sobriety like these fake mocktails and putting oh, them in these I like fake that. like I like and put that. them in this these like is fake. not encouraging no, people who no. have quit drinking to, con- to not drink. Yeah, it's like yeah, no, it's you can point. still go to a place and not drink. You can still go to a place and be social, but to say that like there's a social scene cuz the first thing I would do is like, yeah, I'll go with you, but I'm going to bring a flask. Right? It's like, oh, it's like, uh, and, that's, that's yeah, a wrinkle. Yeah, and I don't need to drink to have fun, but I. I have fun when I drink. So like you Tell me which one I'm going to do. Yes, if I had the choice, I would prefer a <laughs> traditional bar. But there, I'm sure these are serving some customer somewhere. And also, like, no, isn't this I just think, like a juice place? No, it's like, yeah, isn't this it's just like, a juice place that's, that's open it's, late? Look, it's like you it's, know, it's, juice generation can just stay open another that's, four that's hours, not, and that's what you get. Yeah, it's not helping people's sobriety take away point. the option. It's a good point. Next, Joel Embiid was very descriptive about his stomach issues that he had before Game Two. Keep it moving, or hit the. I break. could care less about his stomach issues. Keep it moving. <laughs> okay, we'll keep it moving. We keep it moving. We keep it moving. LeBron James Jr., known as Bronny, had an interesting observer at one of his games in Atlanta. Keep moving or hit the brakes. Hit the brakes. Coach K showed up to watch LeBron James play under 16-year-olds in Atlanta. LeBron James Jr. is 14 years old. But here's my question. Doesn't Coach K know that the one and done is going to be gone by the time he's even eligible to play at Duke? Will it? Well, but that, no, I, I, I'm going to still say this. like, Just because Bron did it – like. If you can go to school for one year, if you can go to school for one year and be under Coach K, or there's quite a few other coaches, and I think it's great for him. I, I think that helped Zion. Preach.
right? I think it mm. helped with his confidence. I, I think it helped with his, and I think that part is good for basketball. But I think guys, I think guys should have the ability to go straight out. Well, it's not just the ability. Sometimes you're just not good enough. Like we can't guarantee that this 14 year old, just because he's the son of LeBron James, that he's going to be and, LeBron and, James's level when he's 18 years and, old. And the other thing about it is that look, he, he's tall, but he's not. He's not like especially tall. He's not six foot eight. He's not six foot ten. Where you're like, oh, this guy is definitely going to be there just a matter of time. I think he is super talented. He does some things that at like he's better than I was at his age. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he was better than I was. The game's a little different too. But but yeah, still yeah. like like look, he like the fact that like dude, I was, you know, McDonald's all American. I was this and he's Better than I was means that like he has a very good progressive chance. We keep it moving. Well, Giannis, we keep it moving. He was All bottled right. up a little bit in game one, yeah. and he was asked about adjustments that he will make for game two. Let's listen to the Greek freak. We're just going to keep doing what we've been doing all year. I don't think there should be no no change at all. What should be be a change after the, uh, a game that we lost? You know, like we should not be the team that you know make the adjustment. Even though we lost the first game, we're just going to come out and uh, you know play our hardest. See how game two go. If uh, it doesn't go well for us, then you can think about you know adjusting. But right now we're not adjusting nothing. We're just going to play. We ask we go go out there and compete. Something tells me Coach Bud feels differently. Like that's what you're supposed to say when you're the star player. But are they really not going to make adjustments? Well, that's what they say. The team that loses always has the advantage, right? Because they're going to make adjustments, and the team that won is going to keep everything the same. Mm. So like you, they actually have the advantage because if you keep everything the same and we're making adjustments, then we then get the advantage. We can go around what you did. I think he did it right. And I think he's saying, and let me say why. I've talked about this last time. Detroit did not prepare them for this intensity level. So now, and the only thing I would say to him is do it and do it a little bit more intense. Do it a little bit harder. Raise your edge. Raise your level. Because people are like, oh, it's the playoffs. Shouldn't their level be at the highest? It's like, no. A first round intensity level is not like the finals and it's not like a conference final. So... That's what my And these game is. twos tonight are just so pivotal. Every game two is because going down 0-2 is just so different, especially when you are the home team yes. in those first two games. Next, the big one. The big one. The series we've all been waiting for. Game one did not disappoint. Game two between the Rockets and the Warriors in Oracle, 10.30 p.m. What do you expect to see from this? I think that it'll either be a 20-point blowout by the Warriors or I think it'll be like a four-point win by the Rockets. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason why is I just think that, you know, I think that the series, when I said that the series is over, it's not because it's not going to be competitive. It's just right now when they had that opportunity, it's very similar to last year when the uh, when the Cavs lost that game yep. one. You're like, yo, that could have changed the whole Everything. psyche. That could have changed the whole focus of the series. And then when yep. you lose that game and now there's all this other stuff, if the Rockets don't come out focused and locked in, like obviously, you know, the Warriors, how are you going to beat them four out of six? Like, like you could say you could say whatever you want. I think one of the keys wasn't the referee. It's James Harden was nine for twenty eight from the field. And, and, no, that's not that's not the normal James Harden we're used to seeing. No, and then people say, oh well, you know, you know, the Cavs team did it. How can you say that, Richard? It's like, well, look, let's look at our two best players, LeBron James, exponentially better than James Harden. No disrespect yes. to James Harden. Like Kyrie Irving is better than Chris Paul. He's younger. But mm-hmm. like, let's look at that. So from that standpoint, like, look at who our two best players were, and we barely were you able know what to pull I'm it really off. Really rooting for out of this game too. I really want to see happen that tomorrow on this program, we're not talking about the officiating. We're oh, just talking about love basketball because I love. Really I, 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 look, I love the Houston Rockets. I, I really think that they had a chance to to win it last year, and I think that they can be very very competitive. But they just got to get their minds right. Yeah.
So, the much-hyped matchup between the Warriors and Rockets has turned into not a discussion about basketball per se, but really a discussion about how basketball is officiated. Yep. It's a little disappointing because the game was so good. But yep. there's new information. Tell me so more. what the Rockets have done is they have sent to the NBA a breakdown of not game one of this year, but game seven of last year's finals. The Western Conference Finals. As you remember, this is per Zach Lowe and Rachel Nichols. They got this information from the Rockets. And here's one of some of their conclusions of this analytic breakdown. There are 81 potential missed calls and non-calls. That cost the Rockets a total of 18.6 points. And they said, quote, referees likely changed the eventual NBA champion. You know what? I thought about this game and I was like, hmm, it's interesting. I remember some other things that happened during that game. But what do you think of the Rockets Sending information about last year's playoffs to the league in the wake of that game one that we saw. No one cares. No. No one cares. No one cares. No. Mm, I like this. No response. one cares. They're what, like what? So and yeah, do you want me to time travel? What do you want to do? Time travel. And also, I what remember that game distinctly. I distinctly remember that game because I love that game. I love that series so much. And I've actually got my own conclusions from that game yeah. that I wanted to send to the world. Yeah. Um, here's my audit of their audit. Houston missed 27 straight threes during a stretch in Game 7. So if you look at their percentage from three points, which is 36.2, 27 times three times their percentage is 29 points that they cost themselves. Take that for data, Daryl. You know what? Guess what? You can point the finger at the officials. I'm going to be really honest. Like There are some cuss words I want to use. Right, like I, I'll be, I was the first one to say, "Hey, the first half it was poorly officiated. The referees sure. addressed it, and I thought they did a better job in the second. Right? They're never, never, it's never, never going to be perfect. But this type of petty clownishness that you want to send stuff from last year's finals, and you want to show, look, look, take that data and put it wherever you want. But no one cares. Tell no. your guys to go play better. Make basketball. Tell your guys. Tell your and look. And look I, Forget all the calls. Forget the mysteries. The Chris Paul injury was something that was probably Good the point. most impactful Good point. thing. Yeah, how many points right? a game yeah. was that? Or did you did you hire did you fire your trainer because they didn't stretch him enough? Like, look, like everything doesn't go the right way. So for you to go back and say, well, look at all of this stuff, it's like, dude, did they miss any calls? If you're only looking at this one sided, did they miss mm-hmm. any call for the Golden State Warriors? Did they miss anything for them? It all feels petty. It and is the, the petty. The pettiness continued petty. when Steve Kerr was available to the and press he yesterday. And he should have. Let's listen and watch Mr. Kerr. It's it's disappointing because uh, the, the focus should be on two teams who, who played extremely hard. I mean, watching the team, you know, both teams just got after it and competed. Um, but in the modern game, a lot of players have, have uh, gotten really good at deception. Uh, creating contact, you know, I, I don't remember people uh, falling down on three-point shots. You know, all the time when I played, it was uh, it's a different rule. You know, um, it, once you release the ball, you were allowed to make contact. There was no, there was no uh, foul. But did they? Okay. Make- oh, jeez. Steve Kerr wants the folks to be on basketball, and of course, Dale Morey got this information about Steve's press conference and the fake flop and, you know, some of the things he said about how the Rockets are handling the series. So Daryl Morey went to Twitter and he tweeted this. Just a little reminder that Steve Kerr was fined for criticizing NBA referees a couple years ago. Hmm. The everyone pettiness. does. Everyone. The no, pettiness is every, just it escalated everyone, to a certain No, level. no. Draymond. Draymond's my funny. So, hey, sometimes calls are missed. Like, Draymond. Do you remember the referee situation with the Warriors and them earlier in the year? The referees. Of course. So, look. 
if you're on the winning side, you're always going to be like, eh, it happens. That's what happens. That's part of the game. Right. And so I, I like that, that, that part. But my thing is this. You have, they are, they have been to the conference finals four times in a row. Where are, are they been to the NBA finals four times in a row? Yes. Four times? Four times. And the conference finals. They, actually correct. Says, yeah. actually so correct. They've won three championships. Mm-hmm. The one that they didn't win, they were up. Right with us, whatever. No, but I, no. And this, I'm, I'm not cracking jokes, Warrior fans. I'm just saying they have been the most dominant team in basketball. Yes. Then go beat them. Then go beat them. Right. Like, don't. Oh well, our, our analytics show that this could affect. Like, shut up. Shut up and go play basketball, Daryl Morey. Right, Daryl. T- show me your basketball First numbers. Of all, right. No, no, Daryl Morey slanders allowed. No, I love Daryl Morey. I'm not here. My, no, one of my favorite GMs no, in the league. I, I think he's amazing. But this is the part of the time where you say, go shut up and play basketball. This is what you mm-hmm. tell your coaches. This is what you tell your kids. This is what your players, right, say inside the locker room. This is not me telling Daryl Morey to shut up. This is me saying, at some point in time, you need to look at your guys and either we have enough or if we don't. And if we allow everything else, and he's feeding into it. He's making it harder for his guys to just go play basketball because they're going to have to answer questions about, about this. Like, I, one thing that happened during this game is you could tell they were thinking about the referees and how the game was called. You could tell that it's, both both teams were trying to get calls, which is just part of what both these yes, teams do. Yes. But watching those two games last night didn't feel that way. A little bit with Kyle Lowry, but it was like it didn't feel like these were two teams trying to get calls to win the game. It felt like they were two teams trying to make buckets to win the game. Everyone is trying to get an advantage. And sure. and look, when they were when they were tracking the officials and they were tracking all the calls that the official makes. So I know that Michael Smith doesn't call travels, that he calls the least amount of and ones in the league. And then he's paired up with with, you know, Chris Johnson who calls the most amount of of three seconds mm-hmm. and they're taking all of this data and they're giving it to their players. So the NBA got to a point where they said, stop. Right. And so it's like, yo, they're looking for an advantage. I get this, but no one feels sorry for you, Houston. You're going against one of the greatest teams ever assembled. Like you need to make shots. Like all of these excuses, like my whole thing and anything in life, well, the same thing I would tell my kid, is there anything that you can done better? Control what look you in the can control. First. Look in the Before mirror. You point the finger and, and look in the mirror. First. And life is not fair. It never, Never will be fair, right? If you but if you give yourself the best opportunity and it doesn't go, and I know it sounds that simple, but listen, I've lost to the champion on every level. I lost in the national championship game. I lost in the NBA finals twice. I lost in the Olympics to Argentina. Then I lost to Detroit in seven when they won a championship. I had been losing to the champion for my entire career. Like I'm not looking around blaming the world and saying, oh well, if they would have done this, like I lost yeah. to Duke in the national championship and Jay Williams had more fouls and Steph Curry did right <laughs> like it, it, it that's part of it and I'm not saying it's acceptable but the minute you make that the focal point Daryl like if he were to walk into the locker room and say hey look I believe there, there are some things that need to be addressed I will address them privately I have discussed them with my team but at the end of the day I want my guys to focus on what they can focus on and I, that means that they need to make shots and they need to play better we'll keep working away well, officials that's will... a boss move right there yep. don't forget Ladies, tomorrow is Woman Crush Wednesday, so we need your voicemails. Call 985-80-JALEN. Leave those voicemails right now. Me and Richard are taking all callers. Reggie, what do you got? Jalen and Jacoby. Sam here, international caller, originally from New Zealand. Firstly, shout out, Rich. Shout out. Also, shout out to Stephen Adams, the big Kiwi getting it done in OKC. All right, boys. 
Uh, I have a food question. I've been living here in the U.S. for three years. There's all this great food. You've got your grilled cheese, your fried chicken, all the yummy sides at Thanksgiving, your Texas barbecue. My question is, if there was a food Olympics, what is the tastiest dish from America you would both choose to represent the USA? Look forward to hearing your answers. Keep getting those checks. This is a good great question. question. Because it eliminates a lot of the foods that I love, and let me explain why. Like, you can't have pizza in there, because that's, that's Italy. Nope. You know what I mean? You can't be like, oh, we've got really good Chinese food or Mexican food. Like, So it has to be like a truly American dish. See, see, I don't believe that. I believe that everything has its own, like, kind of, like, spin on it. Like, Chicago deep dish pizza yeah, or, yeah. Well, or New York pizza. I suppose pizza. If, if you were actually from Mexico and you go to, like, a Mexican restaurant here, you're like, this is not Mexican food. This yeah, is your spin it, on but, it. But, but yeah, it's, Same it's thing, our I've spin. I've been to China and it's like, oh, this isn't Yeah, this isn't. Chinese How about food. this? How about this? Because I don't know the origin, right? You could say a Philly cheesesteak. Right, you can yep. say a cheesesteak is up there, but my thing is like, how about a really good bowl of gumbo Ooh, from New Orleans? I like that. It's distinct. Yeah, it's not like a fastball down the middle. It's kind of an off-speed pitch, but it's it's like I think that if you put that up against all the other international foods, it will stand out. Yes, that's a good answer. I'm going to go. It's a bit cheating. It's like just like a, a really good plate of soul food. You know what I mean? The collard yes. greens, mac oh. and cheese, and then like some fried chicken. Yeah, but it's just kind of like yeah, well, just like a really good plate of like really good soul food. And the other part that I would say is um, like a really good like Kansas City barbecue ribs, yes. like that. The like, baby back, the baby ribs. back, oh, or just falling off. Like those are the traditional. Though those would be the those would be the representatives. I think a soul food plate. Yeah, like a final four would be made up of like of a soul food plate. I would say something something from. New Orleans. Yeah, we can also add on a New Orleans. I've on like a full New Orleans plate with the sides of gumbo. It could be a yeah, bowl yeah, of gumbo yeah. surrounded by some red beans and Those, rice or something. Yeah. Or because shrimp like, and grits. let's yeah. be let's yeah. be let's be really honest, people. Like America, like our culture is a mesh of other uh, culture, uh, yeah, other yeah, cultures. Yeah, yes. There's not a lot of authentic American dishes. Like we can say as American as apple pie, but I think fried chicken is a is a pretty American dish. Sure. Like that's something that we do. But yeah. there's not. So here's a quick food question for you. One thing about the National Basketball Association: you travel around yeah. city. I'm sure you have your routines because you played for a long time. What yeah. were some of the where were some of the the cities that you circled and were like, I need to go to X restaurant? Like, so what uh, are some uh, of the places that they know you when you walk in and you get the same thing every time? You're gonna like this, and I'm gonna regret saying this, but one, whenever I go to New Orleans, I only get gumbo. That's my favorite. That's my favorite Ooh. soup. Two, when I'm in Chicago, there's a place called Al Cheval. They have the best burger you will ever have. Huh. They just opened up a, they call it Small Cheval. They opened up a small one. And then I was just in Chicago and I found out that they have one here in New York. They just opened what? up an All Cheval. If you are a burger guy. I, I'm a burger guy. Are you? Yeah, big time. I just had it yesterday. Who's not it's a amazing. Guy? Where is it? It is, it is like not far from the Soho Grand Hotel. It's in Soho. How do you spell it? It's called A U C H E V A L. Go get the burger, get the double, get the bacon, get the egg on it. Oh, I it, like it. It is amazing. It. You know what I've really like like i try to eat healthy but sometimes i just i'm just like you know what that's out the window just get that's it. out the window Al Cheval, you know what best oh, burger wow. you will ever have tweet me let me know when you get it and it's two words a u then c h e v a l doesn't there, sound like a burger place I, that, I, <laughs> yes you walk in like a burger place. when you know when you walk in and there's a menu and there's like nine things that's always on the menu yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's that good i'm excited that's you know what You've done a lot for the show, and you provide a lot of good analysis. Go to I really appreciate you having you here, but I think this is 
probably the best thing you've ever done on this program. You'll thank me later. I want to thank you now for holding it down for Jalen Monday and Tuesday. We'll have you back whenever you are in town. Really appreciate Richard Jefferson. Appreciate our caller, Sam from New Zealand. Shout out. You know, I'm a big Steven Adams fan. Ladies, don't forget to call 9580-Jalen. Leave us voicemails for tomorrow. Jalen Rose is back tomorrow. Why is that, Karis? done. We're not done. We're not done. I love them. Speaking of the hobbits, let's talk about LeBron James. All I care about is my nipples. Seriously. <laughs>